You're listening to episode number 77 of the Tailwind Coaching Podcast. Welcome to the Tailwind Coaching Podcast, where it's all about smart, efficient training so you can crush your cycling goals. And now, your host, Coach Rob Manning. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 77 of the Tailwind Coaching Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that makes real science real simple. I'm your host, Coach Rob, and I've got a great show for you today where I'm going to give you two keys to building functional threshold power. Now, this is a question I've gotten quite frequently in the last few weeks, especially as people are in their off-season. And I'm going to get to that in just one second, but first, I want to tell you that the website, the Tailwind Coaching blog, and the episode show notes receptacle is available at tailwind-coaching.com. That's also where you will find my online training plan store, with complete training solutions for all of your major season goals, grand fondos, races, rides, and of course any general fitness. You can check out my training plan support option, which gives you the option to hire a coach for $30 a month, requires one of my downloadable training plans to be effective, and I encourage you to sign up for the Tailwind Coaching newsletter at tailwind-coaching.com slash sign up, where you can get free coaching advice, workouts, fitness information, special offers, and all that kind of stuff delivered right to your inbox. Uh, maybe once every two weeks or so. And don't forget to share that link with your friends, get them on board as well. If you need to get a hold of me, you can contact me at coachrobdc at gmail.com, coachrobdc at tailwind-coaching.com, or you can follow me on Zwift, Strava, Stitcher, Facebook, on the Tailwind Coaching Facebook page, on Twitter or Instagram, at coachrobdc, or you can find me on iTunes, and I encourage you, if you like what you hear in this podcast, head on over to iTunes. There's a link in the episode show notes uh, for this episode, which is tailwind-coaching.com slash 77, and give me a five-star rating. The more people that give me a five-star rating, the further up the ranks I move, the more people get this information, and the more people get to enjoy riding their bike a little bit faster and a little bit harder. And that's really what coaching is all about. It's a free podcast, and I just like watching people enjoy riding their bike a little bit more. And of course, if you enjoy the podcast and you want to help contribute to the hosting, bandwidth costs, and all that stuff of running the podcast, consider doing your Amazon shopping through one of my affiliate links. It costs you nothing, and it does help support the show. And of course, for those loyal listeners, finally, there is a discount code on any of my downloadable training plans. Put them in your cart. Enter the discount code PODCAST10, that's PODCAST10, and it'll take 10% off any of the downloadable plans in my training plan store. And of course, again, the episode show notes for this particular podcast are available at tailwind-coaching.com slash 77. Now, let's get into the meat and potatoes of today's show. And the meat and potatoes of today's show is going to be two major tips to help you build functional threshold power. Okay, so two keys to really help you build functional threshold power. First of all, to build functional threshold power, you have to understand what is functional threshold power. And very, very quickly, functional threshold power is simply the amount of power your body can produce in an aerobic state. So for the most part, you're talking about your one hour of power your one hour or 40k time trial power output. Typically, most people will measure this via a 20 minute test and take approximately 95% of that 20 minute test in order to get an FTP number. 
most people really don't want to do a 60-minute time trial just to get a number. And doing that 95 percentage points of 20 minutes works fairly well. It accounts reasonably well for some of the uh, higher-end Zone 5, Zone 6 power that might be seen. And <clears throat> if you really want to make that 20-minute power a little bit more reliable, you can simply do a couple of 5-minute efforts beforehand to really sort of drain the tank so that you're working on 100% aerobic capacity. Now, there is a link to one of my previous posts about what is functional threshold power, and I really recommend that you take a look at that post. You can find that in the episode show notes at tailwind-coaching.com 77, and that will be a really solid resource for you to take a look at. Now, something that you need to know in order to really build your functional threshold power you need to understand that FTP, or functional threshold power, is a percentage of your VO2 max. Being that it's a percentage of your VO2 max, it means that your FTP is inherently related to your VO2 max. Here's a little analogy for you. Think of putting a plant in a room with a very short ceiling. You give it food, you give it water, you give it sunlight plant starts to grow. That plant will grow until it runs into the ceiling. And once it hits the ceiling, it can't grow any taller. It just starts to spread out a little bit. Um, it moves laterally. Your fitness is very, very similar to that plant. Once you hit the FTP ceiling, your fitness starts to spread out. You start to uh, expand a little bit. You start to sprint a little bit better. You start to um, time trial a little bit better. You start working on neuromuscular capacity and such other things. But your functional threshold capacity doesn't necessarily change. Now, if you go back to that plant that's in that room with a really short ceiling, if you actually move it to a room with a bigger ceiling, what does that plant do? It starts to grow taller again, right? You've given it more headroom to grow. You've given it more space to grow into. Your fitness is very much the same. If you give your functional threshold more ceiling to grow into, it will increase. Now, I talk about this in really in-depth in podcast number 66, which is High Intensity Interval Training Part 1, The Science. Sounds like a mouthful. Sounds like it's really tough. I break this down very, very carefully so that you can understand why you need to have an increase in your fitness ceiling. Now, your fitness ceiling, as I intimated a little bit earlier, is your VO2 max. So your VO2 max is the maximal amount of oxygen your body can take up from your lungs, transport through the bloodstream, and dump off at your working muscles and actually create energy. VO2 max, for the most part, is genetically determined. Now, most of you are sitting there saying, well, if it's genetically determined, how can I change my fitness ceiling? How can I raise my VO2 max if it's genetically determined? Well, here's the interesting thing about VO2 max. For the most part, we don't use all of our VO2 max. 
You following me? In fact, most of us barely use 75% of our genetic potential VO2 max. Let that sink in for a second. You with me? Thought about it? 70% is an interesting number. There have been some studies out there. Um, you can shoot me an email for the links to those. Um, I got to dig them out of my archive. But there have been some studies out there that show that sedentary folks, when told to go exercise, when they're pushed into a fitness or exercise type realm, they only use approximately 50% of their genetic VO2 max at maximum. So, I take somebody who's sedentary individual, one of my patients at work. Um, they're sedentary, they're overweight, they want to lose weight. I put them on a, I put them on a treadmill, or I put them on a stationary bike, and I say, "Go as hard as you possibly can." Their body will only go up to fifty percent or so of its genetic potential VO2 max. The reason why is because the systems that are involved in developing VO2 max capacity are so poorly developed that the body simply can't do what its potential is. They don't have a significantly high concentration of hemoglobin in their red blood cells. Hemoglobin is the compound that carries oxygen in those red blood cells. They don't have a sufficiently high stroke volume or cardiac output, so their heart can't push a significant amount of blood. Their lungs are not terribly efficient at exchanging oxygen and carbon dioxide off of that hemoglobin molecule. So essentially, they are only using 50% of their genetic potential at their best. Now, if I take that person and I put them on a bike and I train them, and I train them hard for six months, eight months, 12 months, a year and a half, two years, steadily, slowly, but surely, you are going to see an improvement in the percentage of VO2 max capacity that their body is able to use. So, for example, if I take a Cat 4, Cat 3, Cat 2 racing cyclist, somebody who's been riding and racing for five, six, seven, ten years. That would be a considered a trained individual. Now those trained individuals are very likely using upwards of 75 or 80 percent of the genetic potential VO2 max that they possess. Okay, you following me? If you're an elite cyclist, say, you know, a Alberto Contador, a Vincenzo Nibali, a Chris Froome, you are going to be bumping into your genetic maximum VO2 max. So whatever your body is genetically programmed to be able to do, those guys are just starting to tickle it. So let's do a thought exercise here just so I can help drive this point home because it's a very, very important point to understand if you're going to build functional threshold power in this off-season or any time, any part of the year. You can always go back to fundamentals and rebuild your functional threshold if you need to, or if you find that you're coming off of a peak and you need to start over again, right? So let's do a thought experiment. 
If your VO2 max is theoretically 500 watts, now I'm putting a number to this. It's pretty hard to put a number to this. Um, typically, VO2 max is expressed in milliliters per kilogram of body weight. It's milliliters of oxygen per kilogram of body weight per minute. That does, through some kind of math, translate into wattage. So I'm going to make this very simple to you. If your theoretical VO2 max output is 500 watts, and you're a couch potato, you know, you're a, you're a fatso who's sitting on the couch eating Doritos, and you decide you got to make a change in your life. It's New Year's time, and you're going to make a resolution to get out there and do something. So you have a 500-watt genetic VO2 max, and you go out, you buy a bike, and you start riding. No matter how hard you go, your body's only going to be able to use about 50% of that genetic VO2 max. So at the time, when you go out and start riding, your VO2 max capacity is approximately 250 watts. Okay, you follow? Genetic VO2 max of 500 watts, you use 50% of it at the time, that's your limit. Your VO2 max is 250 watts of power. Now, if your functional threshold is 80% of VO2 max, which is a reasonable number, give or take 5% efficiency, you're talking 200 watts functional threshold. Now, you're saying to yourself, wow, 200 watts, that's, that's not too bad. That's really not too bad for someone who's you know, 65 kilos, that's, that's not bad at all. You know, 65 kilos is, let's, let's do a quick, let me pull up my phone here and I'm, I'm going to do a real quick calculation here. 200 watts of power divided by 65 kilos is three point, just a hair under 3.1 watts per kilogram. Right? Now, if you're a guy like me, who's you know, 165, 165 pounds or uh, approximately 75 kilos, that 200 watts um, suddenly becomes 2.65 watts per kilo, right? So you following me? Now, I train you. I train this fat guy who's been eating Doritos and bought a bike. I train him over the space of six months. His VO2 max utilization, all right, the amount of his genetic potential that he can use goes from 50% to 60%. So now his usable VO2 max is 300 watts. If you keep that same 80% as your functional threshold capacity, suddenly you went from 200 watts to 240 watts. All right, that's a 20% jump. A 10% improvement in VO2 max gave you a 20% jump in your functional threshold capacity. So now, that guy who's 65 kilos, now if he's putting out 240 watts, he just raised it to 3.7 watts per kilo. All right, A guy that's my size is now at 3.2 watts per kilo, up from 2.65. That's a huge, huge jump just by adding 10% to your available VO2 max capacity. Now, let's take it another step further. This guy decides, wow, I feel pretty good. I'm losing some weight. I feel awesome. I love this thing. He starts training. Starts training hard. 
decides he wants to jump into a couple of Grand Fondos. And he wants to go to Grand Fondo, New York, and he wants to just kill it. He trains hard. He trains for a couple of years. He signs up for it. And on the day of Grand Fondo, New York, he's raised his VO2 max utilization from 300 watts. He's raised it up to 80% of his genetic potential. He's now got a VO2 max potential or VO2 max utilization of about 400 watts. His 80% functional capacity or his functional threshold capacity is now 320 watts. 320 watts. A guy who is 65 kilos at 320 watts is putting out almost 5 watts per kilo. Stunned silence. The take home here is that VO2 max utilization, the percentage of your genetic potential that you have unlocked, is basically creates a scalable profile for your functional threshold capacity. The higher your VO2 max utilization, the closer to your genetic potential you are, the more ceiling you have to build functional threshold in. You following me? This is a really, really important point that most people tend to forget. I can't tell you how many people have said, I, you know, I've done years and years of long, slow distance base miles and I just, I get the same outcomes every year. The definition of insanity, according to Albert Einstein at one time, was doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. If you're one of those guys that goes out and does six hours a week of zone two work in the freezing cold outside, and then you come inside and you do 45 minutes of high intensity work in a week, you're wasting your time. I'm not going to say, actually, I take that back. You're not wasting your time. You're putting in a lot of good saddle time. And that looks great on Strava. Hey, man, I went out and rode and it was 20 degrees today. So fucking what? <laughs> Sorry to be blunt about it, but if you want to see big improvements, big changes in your functional threshold, you got to work on raising the ceiling along with functional threshold. If you don't do any kind of work on your VO2 max, how can you ever expect that no matter how many functional threshold intervals you do, you're going to gain more power? All right, that last point is critically important to what I'm going to tell you next. And what I'm going to give you next is a couple of quick workouts, a couple of quick options to help you build that functional threshold power a heck of a lot faster than you might have thought was available or basically to do. Okay, I'm going to give you two kinds of workouts here. The first kind of workout I'm going to give you is going to be that VO2 max interval, the intervals that are designed to really raise your fitness ceiling. Again, the goal being to raise the percentage of your genetic VO2 max that you have accessible to create power in. So you go from that 50% to that 60% of you basically VO2 max utilization 
from that 60 to 70, from 70 to 80, if you really want to push it to the 85 to 90% of your genetic potential. Okay? But you have to work at that VO2 in order to hit those percentage points. So, I know what people have said to you in the past. Don't do high-intensity work during your base period. Well, that has some truth to it. Doing high amounts, doing large amounts, high volume, high-intensity work during your base period is going to ruin you, without a doubt. I've seen it happen. I've done it to myself at least once. All right? You would think I would have learned after that first time that maybe I should back down on it, but I'm obviously quite stubborn. And honestly, I'd rather I, you know, I fuck it up than you guys get, you know, have to deal with it. So be that as it may, high volume, high intensity work can cause problems during the base period. However, we're not talking high volume of high intensity work. All right? During your base phase, you can still do one session per week of higher intensity interval training and still have plenty of time to recover, plenty of time for your body to adapt, and plenty of time to work on the rest of your fundamentals, your muscular endurance work, your super spin work, your neuromuscular capacity work, your core strength, things like that. All right, so the first workout I'm going to give you here, it's a generalized VO2 max interval. During your base phase, while you're doing these, you're going to start with a longer interval. This may sound counterintuitive. Why would I start with a longer interval instead of a shorter one? Longer intervals, intervals are going to be harder. You're right. Longer intervals are going to be harder. We're talking an interval that's going to be five to eight minutes in length. So start out, if this is the first session you're going to do, Start out with an interval that's five minutes long. And here's the key. You're doing a five-minute interval at 110% of your tested functional threshold power. Okay? That's the lower end of your zone five, the lower end of your VO2 max capacity zone. It makes that five-minute interval a lot easier to handle. All right? You don't have to burn yourself to the ground in order to handle a five-minute interval at 10% of, you know, 110% of your functional threshold capacity. You can do these things. You can probably do five of those five-minute intervals. Yeah, it's going to suck. It's going to hurt. I never said VO2 max intervals were fun. I mean, unless you like throwing up into a bucket, I suppose, if you're really... If you're really into a VO2 max interval and you don't mind puking in a garbage can, then sure, I, I suppose it could be fun. <laughs> um, I'm having flashbacks to um, undergraduate exercise fizz and doing Wingate testing in VO2 max. It, it, enough sidebar. Anyway, you're going to start at five-minute intervals. Start with three of them, five minutes on, three to five minutes rest. Your five minutes on is at 110% of functional threshold power. Your rest, your three to five minute rest, is anything from easy spinning 
up to sweet spot intensity, depending on how fit you are. Or if you want to add extra challenge to it, or if you're gaming extra training stress score points out of it. Everybody has a little bit different motivation in that respect. Over the period of weeks, a couple of months that you're doing base work, change those intervals from five minutes to eight minutes. Start with a five minute, move to six, move to seven, move to eight. Once you hit eight, add another interval. Or add two more intervals and go back to five minutes. So you've got a ton of options for programming in terms of these long VO2 intervals. These are what I call them long VO2 intervals. If you really think you have a handle on it, you're doing five by eight minute VO2 max intervals at 110% and you're saying, this stuff is way too easy. Number one, you're either not doing it right, your functional threshold power isn't set correctly, which could be likely. Or two, you're developing really quickly. And in that case, go from 110% to 115% of functional threshold power. Now tell me how you feel. Yeah, didn't think so. <laughs> During your base phase, it's all about the long VO2 work. As you move towards your late base, your third month of base work, or your first few weeks of build work, your first build phase, and even into your later build phase, move to shorter three-minute intervals. Start mixing in the three-minute interval. Right? One of my favorite workouts to give my athletes, which <clears throat> I've had more than one of them, curse me in emails repeatedly is three by uh, nine by three minutes at 120% of functional threshold power. Nine by three, 120% with three minutes rest in between. I guarantee you it will ruin your day. And if you don't think it's going to ruin your day, I'll throw a few race winners or a few 3-2-2-1s on the back end of it just to make sure that it ruins your day. Try that workout once and tell me that um, you don't hate me. That's 9 by 3 minutes on at 120%, 3 minutes off, easy spinning, and uh, good luck to you. Anyway, the shorter VO2 max intervals are significantly higher in intensity, and the goal is to, again, adapt that shorter VO2 max system. Again, we spent the entire base phase working on five to eight minute intervals, the long intervals, the 110% of functional threshold power. We want to move to a something different. We want to challenge our body. We want to make it work in a different way. That's where the three minute intervals pop in. All right. Again, tons of programming options. You can do those Start out at six by three minute three six by three minute intervals as I stumble over my own tongue. Work up to seven, eight, and then nine reps. If you're a real badass and you want to do two hours on the trainer, go for two sets of five three minute intervals, separated by I don't know maybe a two by twenty setup, which we'll talk about in just a minute. What's your frequency on these? In your base phase, VO2 max work once a week. That's it. Once a week. I'm not asking for a lot. We're just trying to stimulate that fitness ceiling a little bit. If you're moving into a, if you're doing a three month base plan, something like my advanced base program, during that third month, 
we might start bumping up to two days a week, um, but we're going to start shortening the volume a little bit. You're going to do two days a week of it, but the intervals are not going to be as significant during those two days, right? So you're sort of trying to increase the volume, but not exponentially so. As you move into your build phase, you can move twice a week for VO2 max work, start introducing those shorter VO2 max intervals during your peak phase. It's not uncommon for me to program three days of VO2 max or harder work during a peak. All right. So VO2 max, here's your take home. Start with longer intervals, five to eight minutes at 110%. Work towards three minute intervals at 120%. You hit the long and short VO2 max systems. And once a week in the base phase, moving to two days a week in the build phase, possibly three days a week in the peak phase. Now, I mentioned two by 20s a second ago. We're gonna talk about two by 20s. What are they? Why are they so important now that we've got our fitness ceiling raised? Okay, two by 20s, the functional threshold power standard. And before I get into the two by 20, I just want to give you a note. I'm going to put a link in the episode show notes, tailwind-coaching.com slash 77 to one of my VO2 max workouts posts where I go through the 3221 workout that I mentioned. I go through some more of the concept of working below 50% of W prime. I know that's going to sound foreign to some of you, but go ahead, read the post. It'll make a lot more sense. And there's a couple of downloadable workouts you can actually take with you as well. So that being said, let's move on to the FTP interval, the 2x20. 2x20 is the standard. You're going to hear that a lot. What is the purpose of a 2x20 interval? The purpose of a 2x20 interval is very simple. You're trying to stimulate endurance at your functional threshold power level. So basically, you're raising your fitness ceiling. And it goes without saying, if you've listened to this podcast or you read any of my blog posts in the past, you will know that higher intensity interval training has the benefits of raising your zone four capacity as well, your functional threshold capacity as well. So as you raise your ceiling, your FTP is going to start coming with it. The next thing you need to do is to create endurance at that functional threshold capacity. In reality, those 2 by 20 intervals, those 3 by 20 intervals, those long intervals at sweet spot or functional threshold power are designed to create endurance adaptations. All right. Now I mentioned sweet spot. There's going to be a link in the episode show notes, tailwind-coaching slash 77, to my article on sweet spot training. I recommend you read it for why sweet spot is the key here. During the base phase... Those standard 2 by 20 intervals are going to be done at sweet spot intensity. Why are we doing it at sweet spot intensity? Does it make any sense? Why aren't we doing it at functional threshold capacity? Okay, you jump on your bike the first two weeks of your base phase and start doing 2 by 20s at functional threshold power, and you come back and tell me how you feel. I've had plenty of people do it. They feel like crap. All right? 
Sweet spot intensity is such where you get huge aerobic adaptations. However, your body has an easier time recovering from them. And as you know, recovery is where the magic happens. That's where you get stronger. The interval workout only gives you the stimulus. It doesn't make you stronger. The recovery from that stimulus makes you stronger. So the sweet spot training is very easy to recover from. You can do a high volume of it without being completely wrecked. So the quality of your VO2 intervals are significantly higher. And all around, you get a better workout. You get a better outcome. Now, that's what this is about, is outcomes. All right. As you progress through your training, sure, you move from that sweet spot standard of 91%, 91 to 94% of your functional threshold, you're going to move it up to 100% of FTP. You're going to do your 2x20s at FTP. The way, quote, I'm doing air quotes if you couldn't see me, which none of you can, but if you can't hear it in my voice, the way everybody says you should. Once you're good with the 2x20s, you're making some progress, your fitness ceiling is growing, now's the time to really put the screws on. Go from that standard 2x20 to a 3x20. Rest is usually 10 minutes in between, for those of you who aren't entirely familiar. Rest intensity is usually anywhere from easy spinning to 80% of functional threshold power, depending on how fit you are, how many training stress score points you're looking for, etc., etc. Move from 3 by 20 as you move towards your build phase, move into 2 by 30s If you're really feeling it, move into 3 by 30s if you have the time. And of course, anytime you change volume, change the intensity, right? So if you go from a 2x20 at 100% functional threshold power to a 3x20, go to a 3x20 at sweet spot for at least a week, maybe two. Then bump it up to functional threshold power. Bump it up to your FTP after that. When you go from 3x20 to 2x30, drop it back to sweet spot for a week, maybe two, and then bump it back up to FTP. Constantly altering your intensities and volumes is the key to keeping your body off balance. Now, granted, there has to be some cohesion. You can't simply change your training from three days of VO2 max week one work one week to four days of endurance training the next week and expect to get some changes. Now, it, at some point, your body gets a little bit confused. Although there is a there is a type of you know up and down, high and low um, intensity programming uh, that I have done with a few people that works out exceptionally well, but it has to be very finely tuned. Um, <clears throat> and it's more for special cases than it is for a typical uh, programming style. But again, sidebar, the more you know. If you have any questions about that sort of alternating high-low programming, shoot me an email at coachrobdc at gmail.com, and I'll be glad to answer that for you. Um, but changing your volumes, changing your intensities will give you different adaptations. And of course, when you go from a 2x20 to a 3x20, and you go from functional threshold to sweet spot, you're not stopping your gains. 
Remember that, you're not stopping your games. If you plotted out training stress score points, you'll probably be doing more training stress score points at 60 minutes of work at 90% than 40 minutes of work at 100%, right? You follow me? So 40 minutes at 100% of threshold, right? And if 100% of threshold is 100 training, training stress score points per hour, 100% for two-thirds of an hour is 66 points, right? 91% for an hour is 91 points. Following me? Just because you dropped the intensity does not mean you're not getting improvement. You're not getting stimulus. That's something you need to remember and need to pay attention to. Now, if you're programming these, what do I recommend these for? 2x20s twice a week in your base phase. 2x20 twice a week. That's pretty much religious. I try to work that into most of my programs. Um, there are some cases where they're disguised or I'm doing them other ways or I'm starting out sometimes with a 2x15 or a 3x10 or something like that. Again, volume versus intensity programming. As you move into your build phase, two to three days a week, depending on what your goals are. Somebody who's a time trialist or you're trying to do well in time trials, I would say you might want to consider doing these three days a week. Maybe two days at functional threshold power and one day at sweet spot. Um, or any you know, mixture that tickles your fancy, so to speak. But if you're a crit racer, you're probably going to keep this on the two days a week you know, pattern, and you're probably going to fill in those other days with different higher intensity work so that you can be better at doing what you want to do, which is going around an office park in circles repeatedly. And admittedly, I, I love to do that too. So I understand how you feel. I'm with you. You know, as you hit peak, you're probably going to do this once a week. If that, you might even cut your once a week day in half. Instead of doing 3 by 20 you might do 2 by 15 or something of that nature. I don't want to talk. Nice to know that my iPad's um, volume is on. Anyway, the point being that during your build phase, this is something you need to think about based on your goals. During your base phase, everybody's doing the same thing, two to three, two days a week or so. So, there you got it. Two keys to building your functional threshold power. Number one, raise your fitness ceiling. Do your VO2 max work. I know it's not fun, but it's a necessity. Raise the percentage of your genetic VO2 max that you can utilize, and I promise you, your functional threshold power will go with it. Once you've started raising that ceiling... It's cake to do those 2x20s, 2x30s, 2x40s if you're really crazy, 3x20, whatever they are. Your functional threshold power intervals, your FTP intervals, your sweet spot intervals. Those are what's going to give you the endurance to really push hard at that FTP level. And again, if you have any questions about any of this, about programming it, about why you would do this, why you would do that, about the science behind it, feel free shoot me an email at coachrobdc at gmail.com and I will be glad to answer any of those questions 
for you. All right. I'm going to sign off. I want to thank you for listening. Again, if you enjoyed what you listened to today, if you enjoyed what I've provided you, head on over to iTunes. Give me a five-star rating. The link is in the episode show notes, tailwind-coaching.com slash 77. Don't forget, if you're a regular listener, you will know this. If you're looking for a training plan, use the podcast 10 discount code at checkout. That'll take 10% off for you. And of course, any questions at all, find me on the Facebook page, on Instagram, or shoot me an email and I'll be glad to handle them for you. Until I talk to you next time, ride safe, ride happy, ride strong, raise your fitness ceiling, raise your functional threshold power, keep the shiny side up, keep the rubber side down, and I'll be talking to you again really, really soon.